Hey everyone, this is Jim from faithtestedbyfire.com and welcome to today's podcast. And I just wanted to talk a few minutes about a, a series of scriptures found in 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 7 starting in verse number 3. And I want to talk about this in the context of what to do when you don't know what to do next. One of the things I do that really helps me get my thoughts out um, where I can examine them and see exactly what's going on on the inside is um, journaling. I started a journal back in, I think it was 2009, and I don't journal every day. I think it really depends on uh, the severity of the issues that are going on at the time. I find that uh, when times are especially troubling, it really helps to journal the experience um, and put out there in writing, you know, what the Bible says and what I'm taking my stand on and just, just the process. And then I go back and look on it after a period of time and I, I learn certain things. Um, the the thing is, sometimes you keep things bottled up inside you. Maybe there's no one that you can really uh, talk to that can relate to you um, and what you're facing at a particular time in your life. And uh, I found that journaling is an excellent alternative, especially if you are alone. Um, journaling is a way of just not getting lost in yourself. I guess that's a good way to put it. It's one thing to talk to people online, but it's another thing to really uh, – Face what you're, what you feel, on the inside. Feelings are important, I believe, because the feelings are a result of the thoughts, and the thoughts can either lead you away from God or they can lead you closer to God. So, you know, the Bible talks about an enemy that came comes in the middle of the night, and in a field where there's good things growing, he sows tares or weeds, and those weeds have to be identified before they can be pulled up. Isn't that true? I mean, if you're growing something that's of value, let's say you have a small garden and you're growing something in there, or even a bigger garden, you have to take the time to examine the plants and to do maintenance. And in life, there's a lot of maintenance. I remember times in the past where I thought, you know, I really have a handle on certain truths. But the fact was that everything has to be maintained. Everything has to be renewed continuously because whatever you let go, whatever you don't give your attention to, it begins to decay, it begins to break down, weeds spring up and they choke out all of the good things. It's not something that you'll have to do forever. Thank God for that. There's another world waiting for us on the other side for those who've believed on the name of Jesus. But here in the here and now, uh, we have to do the work that comes with the belief, and we have to identify those weeds, pull them, and get rid of all the things that are choking out the good things in our life. So um, let me start in Second uh, Kings chapter 7, verse number 3. It says, And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate to the city. And they said to one another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter the city... Then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come, let us fall to the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. Now that's an interesting statement there, because sometimes 
in life, it seems like no matter what choice you make, no matter what road you choose, it seems like they all lead to the same end. Or maybe not. Maybe it seems like they're the least of all the evils, as it is in this particular story, because there was a famine at the city at the time, and judgment had fallen. So basically, if they went back into the city, there was nothing to eat, and they would die there. If they stayed at the entrance of the city and didn't bother entering in, there wasn't anything there either. There was no life, nothing to sustain them. Um, And if they turned, there was an invading army heading their way, the Syrians. So do you think the Syrians would have it within them to spare the lives of these four leprous men? Probably not. They probably would have shot them with arrows. And they realized that because these were outcasts. So if you're looking at your life right now and you're thinking, wow, you know, if I make this decision, um, I don't see how I can come out on top because, and then, you know, you fill in the blank with your reasons for that. And if I choose to stay where I'm at, everything is falling apart here also. And if I turn and go the other way, there's a chance that something good would happen, but on paper it looks very slim and that looks very difficult also. So a lot of people, they'll just stay where they are. I'm just, uh, that's just the way it is. Sometimes people don't realize that not making a choice is a choice in and of itself. And they'll stay where they're at and they'll try to not think about the problems that they're facing, hoping that maybe if they look the other way or turn it over to God that something miraculous will happen. And then when it doesn't happen, they get mad at God. They get mad at the circumstances. They get mad at themselves because they've heard stories of people being delivered. They've heard about God's power. They've heard about about answered prayer, and they've heard about faith and things like that. But sometimes people forget that faith takes corresponding actions. You have to take a step out. David actually had to step out onto the field of battle, pick up the stones, swing them over his head, and let them fly. What would happen if the first three missed? Would Goliath have been on top of him so fast that he wouldn't have a chance to pick up more stones? Or what if he shot the first one when it missed? He had three, uh, according to uh, what most Bible scholars believe, for the one for Goliath and two for his brothers. Um, but you know, that's, that's the question we ask ourselves from the outside. It just looks like some people get lucky and some people are unlucky, but you know, by reading the Bible, there was more to it than that. So these men, they made the the statement that if we go in here, we'll die. If we into the city, that is, if we stay here, we die. So let's take a step of faith in the direction where there's at least a small percentage of hope. And that's where faith follows things hoped for. If you lose hope, your faith has nothing to anchor itself to. You're just tossed about. If you can see even a pinhole of light in one direction, even though it may seem like it's so far away, the chances of reaching it are slim to none. It's still a chance. And with the power of God, you can absolutely make it from here to there. But let's read and see exactly what happened. Verse number five, it says, And they rose up in the twilight, to go to the camp of the Syrians. The Syrians was, the, the, of course, the invading army at that particular time. 
And when they had come to the uttermost part of the camp, and I say at that particular time, because, you know, look through history, there's always invading armies. There's always enemies. Just because you overcome one enemy, it doesn't mean that there's not more enemies on the horizon. Fight the good fight of faith as long as you have breath in you and as long as you're here in, on this earth. So it says, And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said to one another, See, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to come on us. Why they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents, their horses, and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp and went into the tent, they did eat and drink and carried their silver, gold, and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried it there also and went and hid it. And they said to one another, We do not well this day. This is a day of good tidings. And if we hold our peace... And if we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come on us. So now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. And so they came to the porter of the city and told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither the voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied and the tents as they were. And so again, these men were bringing a word of victory back into the city that was suffering from famine, a place where people were waiting to die because God had done a miracle. But notice what it says going all the way back up to the sixth verse. It says, For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear the chariots and the horses and the great host. God created the sound where these people suddenly feared for their lives, like a huge invading army was coming to meet them and head them off, and they left everything behind. So in your life, you have to come to the point when things aren't looking very good, the people around you aren't giving you much hope, the internet doesn't give you much hope, the newspapers don't give you much hope, the opinions of others, and so on and so forth, you have to realize that your salvation can only come from God. So take your eyes off of friends and neighbors. Take your eyes off of your past experiences. Sometimes you really have to force yourself to take your eyes off of the experiences of others also because you have your own unique path. Your life isn't going to mirror anybody else's. You're not going to be able to walk in somebody's footsteps there may be things similar between your life and their life, but at the end of the day, it's God who has created you, has called you, has put you here in this time, and yes, has even allowed you to face this test because God is not intimidated. The devil, he, he goes about, the Bible says, as a roaring lion. He makes a lot of noise, and yes, he can control what we see in the visual world, he can bring thoughts against you. He can make you feel like everything is collapsing. But God is faith, faithful. It says he will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. With every test and every trial, 
God makes a way of escape so that you can believe. And to him who believes, all things are possible to him who believes. So whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to trust God or are you going to put all your faith in what the doctor said? Are you going to trust God? Are you going to put your faith in your human connections? Are you going to trust God or are you going to trust your attorney? (laughs) God uses people, but we can't choose the people God uses. Never forget that. Yes, oftentimes God will use people to help you, but you can't choose the people. Um, That's God's choice to make. He'll choose who he wants to help you. And sometimes he bypasses all human ability because human ability just isn't good enough on this particular occasion. So, as you look forward, realize that everything you have, including your life, really is in God's hands. And any sense of control that you may think you have, you're really fooling yourself because Jesus said, you know what? We can't turn one hair on our head, dark or white. We don't have control over the things that happen in this world. We have to believe and choose to believe that God is bigger than the devil That those who are for us in the heavenly world are greater than those who are against us in that spiritual realm. So that's it for now. Please take that as a good word. If you want to read those scriptures again and really let them soak in, again, that scripture verse, 2 Kings chapter 7, starting in verse number 3. This is Jim. Thanks for listening today. For more information feel free to visit the main website at www.faithtestedbyfire.com.